Hello, it is Wednesday, February 3rd. Hey, good conversation today. Like, hey, real life, good conversation today, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really spans the the spectrum, too. We got it all in there. I mean, if somebody was just to listen to this show, today's show, mm-hmm. and be like, all right, now, I'm never going to listen to another episode. I wonder what their thoughts are going to be about Yeah, this. that would be interesting. It'd be very interesting. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you like the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you don't, just act like it never happened, obviously. Two ships passing in a night without sonar or radar, knowing... You know, just kind of keep it moving. Don't tell anybody you hate this place. All right, we're trying to grow. We're a business as well. Um, let's get to it. I mean, let's just get to it, shall we? Yeah, let's dive in. Let's do it. Today, we have some massive guests. We have Tony Dungy. Wow. Yeah. By the way, I believe he was uh, the first African-American coach to win a Super Bowl. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk to Tony Dungy here on the Super Bowl week, Super Bowl champion. Cannot wait to chat with him about everything happening in the NFL. His thoughts on the big game on Sunday, which, by the way, we have a countdown to kickoff celebration show happening at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Also, two hours of it will be aired on Mad Dog Sports Radio on Sirius XM for it. I think we're going to have to expand how long we're live for because the guests that are confirming, you could go ahead and take that off. The guests that are you could go ahead and take that. This is not about Dunge. The guests that we are (laughs) confirming for Sunday's show via text messages to me, Ooh. hey, we got a big fucking show coming on oh, Sunday. Listen, I sent some favors out, okay? There's people that I've run into in my past life. Mm-hmm. Sure. When I wasn't just a broadcaster that was just voted the number three national radio show oh, wow. on the internet by people we don't know who they are <laughs> and what the votes account for. Okay. <laughs> Incredible honor. Yeah. Incredible. But it doesn't fucking matter. Because, <laughs> by the way, if you put, you know, power and allow those types of things to control your happiness, more often than not, humans that you've never known to exist or potentially never really accomplished anything will bring you down then. And then you're letting people that you don't know who they are control whether or not you're happy or not. And that should not happen. Mm. We're voted number three. Cool. <laughs> Is that where I think we are? Mm, probably. Who knows? I read through the list. Some of them are fucking bums. Mm-hmm. Not ahead of us. I'm just talking about it in the list completely. But uh-huh. there's a lot of great shows out there. So the fact that we're even being talked about, awesome. But before I had this life, and some people don't know this, uh, I was a punter in the NFL for eight years. Whoa. And then in college, I uh, was a kicker and a punter in college. A couple of Americans couple Pro Bowls, mm-hmm. kind of retired, kept it moving. All time, but through leading. my experiences in the world that I've gotten, dro- yeah, all time leading scorer at one of the places. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. <laughs> Completely forgot. About it's a long that. list. I mean, there's a lot of people that have scored there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right there at the top. <laughs> but anyways, through those experiences, through those scoring in situations, I have found myself in hilarious gatherings of humans. And I'm not a big networker. Okay, that will inevitably hurt our company at some point because there's all these handshake and bullshit events that happen around the world that I, I am not great at. I do not enjoy them. If I don't like you, like, it's not like, hey, let's have a good time. It's like, all right, I'm leaving. Like, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not a big networker, but I've gotten a chance to find myself in situations that are hilarious, okay? And there's many times, and Nick and I have been friends for a long time, Diggs as well, whenever I would send text messages to friends of mine from back home and be like, you will never fucking guess where I'm at 
right now. And they're like, where are you? I'm like, boom, insert name of ridiculous situation that I have rode the coattails of somebody else into, and I'm just having a good time drinking. In those situations, you get to shake the hands of a lot of people, okay? And I am never one that like follows up like text message the next day after getting, that's not happening for me. It's like, hey, if we ever run into each other again, you're very high up in the world. Okay, I appreciate you. If we ever run into each other again, I hope it's cool. I hope we're cool. <laughs> but I'm not looking to become like best friends with you or whatever. Mm-hmm. I sent out some favors for the first time through people that I have met through my travels. Super Bowl show is going to be a big fucking show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very pumped that the people I've met through my travels, though, do remember the times we had together and said, yeah, good times. Let's go ahead and do that again. <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday is going to be fucking big. It's oh, yeah. huge. This might be our biggest one. So draft night, I think we had 70. 80. 80. 70, definitely 75. 75 yeah. for sure. Something 70. Yeah, 70 some thousand yeah. concurrent viewers on YouTube, which is insane every day we get about anywhere from twenty thousand to i mean up over 50 at some points this year and it's just insane to think about the amount of humans that are spending their day watching us Mm -hmm. i think on sunday we're gonna i think we break that record on sunday oh yeah i do i think we do i'm not 100 percent sure okay nothing is certain in this world no nothing especially this world oh yeah Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been putting out polls trying to grow it as much as possible, you know? <laughs> I feel like that is potentially a little, uh, you know, like an A to B thing. Like, hey, how do you get big possible? Oh, this little poll thing seems to be a way to kind of crack the code almost. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and keep this thing moving. We had 290,000 votes on a poll the other day. Damn! Hysterical. But I think this one will be, I think it'll get big. Surprise guest, by the way. Ooh. Not saying any names. I like oh, it. Hey. I like it. And in the world that we're in, by the way, if I really like, you know, I don't want to say cared because i do care but if my only mission was how do we get as many viewers and concurrent things as possible i would most certainly just release these names absolutely yeah. just, absolutely just very quickly go but will be joining us sunday 5 20 eastern stuff mm-hmm. come on like if i did that right now then we market it and promo and people go like, sure. okay gotta be there Instead, not going to do that. I like the feeling of surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like people having that moment where it was like, had no idea this was going to happen. Here we are. We got a chance to do that for some live shows that we did, uh, both in Indiana, Pittsburgh, Ohio. Uh, we had some schedule for Michigan, Minnesota. <laughs> did not happen. The, the, the tickets sold. We backed out. We refunded money. We apologize. What I realized quickly is I'm not good on the road back to back to back to back to back. But those surprise appearances from guests, oh, yeah. the reaction is awesome. And it's not similar because it's the internet, but I do believe there will be a couple people at home going, holy fuck. Yeah. And I'm pumped up about it. Well, and we say like every day, you know, like huge guests tomorrow. And a lot of, like sometimes we don't know who's going to actually be on the show. Like you, you're not overselling this. You're well, this not. one we had to lock in the guests. Right. We had to lock in the guests because Super Bowl is a busy day for a lot of people. So had to send out some you know, forecasting text messages. And uh, so I think it's going to be big. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think yeah. it's going to be good. I, I'm, I'm pretty positive. And by the way, this is not like me at all. It, it's sitting right there. I would like to let everybody know. Yep. It is sitting right there in the chamber, <laughs> okay? And at any given moment, our entire business strategy might plan or, or change because I might just say, we're going to be talking to her. Yeah. I mean, it is. But I think I'll be able to hold off for the good of the people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the good of the people. Uh, we'll also be joined by Jet Passon in the second hour, mm-hmm. although this is Super Bowl week. Uh, incredible baseball story came out just yesterday, and Jet teased this last week on the show. He said, you're going to want me to come on next week. I have something or whatever. He released that story yesterday. Yeah. A Major League Baseball player, uh, pretty popular, I don't know, pretty 
good major league baseball player, I'd assume. Yeah, I think he he's like been in the in the bigs for like seven, eight years. So I mean, he's good enough to have stuck around. I we don't. I didn't know his name. Obviously, I'm not a big baseball. He attempted to kill himself uh, months ago. Drew Robinson. Drew Robinson ends up losing his eye. Now instead of dying, he ends up just losing it. Not. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. You lose your eyeball, but <laughs> yeah. he attempted to kill himself. He's now back making a comeback into the league. And I I would assume that the conversation Jet had with him in the, we did not read the article, should have read the article. I'm talking to the guy that did the article, so I didn't want to really read the article because he's probably going to go through the entire article. I would like to learn it firsthand when it's going. I would assume that the outlook on life that said Buddy has is incredible right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excited to talk to Jet Passon about that. Um, and then also, Akib Talib will be joining us today. Yeah. Oh. Got to call some games this year. I believe he is launching a podcast called Catching Fades mm-hmm. under Ooh. the Colin Cowherd uh, Podcast Network, uh, which is presented by FanDuel, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh. All of them. Catching Fades, I think. So I believe Akeem Tlaib, FanDuel Sportsbook oh. guy. Uh, cannot wait to chat with him about his career. He's been a part of some remarkable events on the football field. Remarkable. I believe he is uh, a guy. I got to meet him at the Pro Bowl. He and I were asked to do a uh, Run Rich Run 40 because we missed another event. They said, as well, if, since you missed that event. By the way, the event I missed could be. I, didn't know if, I don't know if this is what Akeem missed. I'm just telling you the event that I missed at the Pro Bowl. Uh, they want us to go lay concrete in the middle of the desert, basically, for a community event. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we just lost to the Patriots by 70, if you do recall. And then uh, Deflategate was happening. Uh-huh. It was literally the next day after that we were asked. So I didn't really have an off season. I'm like, I'm not fucking pouring concrete in a goddamn <laughs> desert. I'm not, so I missed the event. And I was a bad guy. I think I was up for, I don't know if it was Walter Payton Man of the Year or some like good award, though. And I believe that was reference that I chose to <laughs> go golf across uh, with some of my friends instead of going to the community event. Made up for it, I think, if you check my history with what I've done in the community. Just didn't want to do that the day after we lost by 50 immediately upon following that season. Um, so I apologize. Vinatieri went, by the way. Wow. wow. Yeah, Vinatieri went. I got, a, uh, I got a call and a text message from him at the event, you know, because he was actually on the other team. Mm. Because that was the year that they drafted Chris Carter and... Uh, I don't remember who the other coach was. Chris Carter and somebody. Uh, they drafted the teams, you know. So me and Vinny make it together for, I think, the second time in the history of the NFL. Leckler and Janikowski made it together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get drafted We get drafted a separate team. So we couldn't play together at the Michael Pro Bowl. Huh? Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin, yeah. So he was drafted Michael Irvin's team. I was drafted Chris Carter's team. We went to separate teams. How you doing? Keep it moving. He went to event, though. I was on golf course. He sent me picture of him working. I sent picture of massive amount of booze and golf clubs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's why Vinatieri's Vinatieri, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> in hindsight, that's potentially why Vinatieri's Vinatieri or whatever. Uh, but that that's 100% on me. I, oh, Akeem Tlaib. I don't know what event he missed. I'd assume he missed some event there because there was a lot. The Pro Bowl was a lot of things. Okay, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. This has to happen. Got to go in here, do this. You get to. Sorry, I don't have to. You get to do this. You get to do this. Mm -hmm. Please do this. Please do this. This whole thing. So he must have missed something. I don't know what event. We had to do the run, rich, run thing. I had like a five, six minute conversation with him right there. Awesome. Like electric conversation. I don't think I've ever heard any teammate of his say they didn't love him. So that is a big deal in my eyes. Like, hey, how do your teammates feel about you? Let's go ahead and uh, let's get their view on the entire thing. Everybody loves to keep to leave. Cannot wait to chat with him in the third hour alongside 
AJ Hawk. At Tone Diggs is here. Boston Connor is here. Ty Schmidt is here. At Viva Lazito is here with a YouTube poll. Today's poll, Zito, is it can be found on our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show in the community yep. section on our YouTube. Oh, yeah. Uh, poll today is what food are you eating for the Super Bowl on Sunday? What do you want to vote for? I haven't picked, picked yet. Uh, pizza, dude. Hell yeah. I mean, Diggs is not Oh, like, no. Whoa, Wings wow. is up 56%. I mean, pizza shocked. 44%. Holy shit. How many votes have been had? 6,000 votes already in 14 minutes. Okay. 220,000 votes on the one yesterday. 290,000 votes on the one from Monday. Jeez. Yeah, wait, wait till we put out the Friday one. It's like, hey. Oh, yeah. You got Buccaneers or Chiefs, dude. Like, just go ahead and let that one eat. That one's going to go Let's everywhere. Go in. Shout out to YouTube, by the way. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. And shout out to Sirius, obviously, having us on channel. We really appreciate it. Thank you. No shout out to the PR guy that left us off the press release about us having Super Bowl specials for them. Mm -hmm. That guy stinks. Yeah. That guy does stink. Mm -hmm. I don't know him personally, but a couple of the moves he has made lead me to believe he potentially stinks. He may stink. Might be a nice guy. However. Hey, probably really nice guy. Probably. Hmm. Also stinks. But he stinks. I mean, Larry the Cable Guy, massive. I get it. Yeah. But could you, <laughs> you had 10 people on the announcement. You couldn't add one more comment. Just if you were going to stop it, like two, Kevin Hart. Oh, incredible. Huge. All right. Awesome to be even in the same thing. But whenever you list out, well, it, I'll read it. They listed out 10 of them yeah. for this thing. I uh-huh. mean, 10 of them. They didn't know seven of them. What's that? They didn't know seven of them. Yeah. Hold on. Let's uh, at least. Here's a, here's a press release. Ready? Listeners can tune in to special programming from Kevin Hart and the Plastic Cup Boys. Hell okay. yeah. Check. They're awesome. Fair. This is happening on Sirius this week, okay? Okay. Kenny Chesney, Uncle Kenny. Okay. Uncle Kenny. My son goes down. son goes down. I like Kenny Chesney a lot. Yeah. Love Kenny. His lyrics are actually uh, rather remarkable if you Other listen people. to him, but yeah. I learned after he... He, he released an album, and I forget the name of it. It had a bus on the front of it. And, uh, the American Kids one. Yes. The, the lyrics were incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, incredible. The songs, I, I mean, everybody makes fun of country, including myself, because it's just like, feel good, how you do? Let's drink yeah. a beer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm heartbroken. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Mm-hmm. Diggs, big fan of. Obviously. Oh, wow. wow. Should we? Well, Tony. I didn't know if you wanted to get it. Anyways, that. we will not get into it. <laughs> okay. Tony. That neighbor, though. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> the gourd on that guy. Morgan can't do it, dude. No. Can't do it. Don't care how drunk you are. Can't no, do it. Never. Anyways, uh, we don't know him, by the way. Just want to let it be no, known. No. Diggs was a fan of him starting yesterday. Yes. Yes. And Bad timing. It, it, ended, it ended, I would assume, this morning it's, when you woke up. Yeah, yeah, pretty quickly. Morgan lost a lot of fans this morning. But the uh, Kenny Chesney, Brett Favre. Oh, All right. Sure. Okay. I don't know. What? Don't know. Oh, Brett Favre, whenever he speaks, it, it moves. Yeah. It moves. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy. All yeah. right. Nice. Joel and Victoria ago. Austin. Former Super Bowl MVPs, Phil Sims and Joe Flacco. Mm. Doug Flutie. Sway. By the way, disrespect to Sway to have his ass this low. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sway should be much higher mm-hmm. than that. Charles Woodson and others. You're telling me you couldn't do one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, husband, wife, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. You couldn't just add one more comma and put yeah. us in there? How about Chris Mad Dog Russo? Yeah. <laughs> what about Chris Mad Dog Russo? Well, what I don't understand, too, is I mean, I get that they're big on serious, but what the hell does Joel Austin do? He's got Easter Bee coming Bingo. on. Bingo. Oh, there it, <laughs> That's is. What it is. There it is. 
And you know what he'll say? In every locker room, they pray. Just like we're going to do right here for the next three hours. And if, you, <laughs> if you donate, I don't know, 10 bucks, mm-hmm. I'll put in a good word. <laughs> you donate 20, I'll tell you what will get you to the front of the line. You donate 100 bucks to us right now, you're in heaven. <laughs> I'll say it. Probably that song bitch got a stadium down there. In oh, yeah. Stadium. PPP, mm-hmm. please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he's got a stadium. So I believe he wouldn't open his doors when uh-huh. something happened. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things the there. down there. there. Oh, God, you know. But the um, Joe Austin has, that's his business. He goes, he's big. We're not saying any of these people aren't massive celebrities, no, no. okay? Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco, Phil Simmons, all right? Phil Sims. Simmons. <laughs> Bill Simmons. If they, by the way, Bill, Bill Simmons Bill. on there, all good. Like Fair. all these, all these people on there. But you have thirteen. You can't just add Chris Mad Dog Russo at fourteen. <laughs> Why not us at fifteen? So I appreciate Sirius. Obviously, the opportunity to be on Sirius is very cool. Awesome. We get a chance to, uh, you know, a pretty intimate relationship with a lot of people. But what YouTube is doing for us oh. is unbelievable, and I'm very, very thankful. Very, very thankful. Willing to leave, but very, very thankful. <laughs> <laughs> good platform, but there's others. Yeah, we got a business we got to run too. We got a, we got families. We got houses being purchased. Yeah. Foxy's looking at fucking houses That's right now. Right. Away, you know what I mean? There's things yeah. we got to do. But I do love this YouTube, and I like Sirius a lot. But this guy seems to stink mm. at his job, yeah. not as a person. No, but no. at his job. He's um, speaking of stinking, whenever you're Andrew Luck, I would assume every single word that's said about you is one that you have to either not know about because you're just living your life, which Andrew Luck. I think, has anybody heard? He's just completely dis. You never see that from anybody, by the way. Awesome. And I think it, it, it is a perfect depiction of what Andrew Luck is, by the way. He's like one of the most simple, sophisticated, incredible athletes to ever exist. He literally rode a bike around town, not because he wanted to do it as some like uh, like mission statement or whatever, because that's just what he did. He, he would drink at small, little tiny bars. He would have a couple IPAs or whatever. He, would, he was just a very simple incredibly intelligent freak athlete there's not a lot of andrew lux in the world ever never will be i think he ran faster than cam newton jumped higher Mm -hmm. than cam newton as well shortly after cam newton since high school he's been called the next john elway then he goes to stanford lives up to the hype Mm -hmm. then he becomes the number one draft pick after peyton manning got cut in indianapolis and goes we go to the afc championship i think he played incredible but he got so banged up from the style of play that he is that he's forced into an earlier retirement makes that decision untimely I, i think a lot of people would say even himself looking back on it didn't expect it to come when it came and i don't think anybody will ever fully is was it because he didn't want to get back into training rehab because he hurt himself again after what happened a couple years ago whenever he had to leave the country by the way that whole thing but anytime his name is mentioned because he retired young everybody goes oh he's going to come back he's going to come back or whatever the thing about it is i do not know andrew luck that well all right i was on his team but believe it or not andrew luck and i uh not similar people. <laughs> IPAs. Pre- pretty different individuals. And although we had, and I also tweeted that picture of him. I think oh. that potentially led us off on a not great. We, we got along, respected each other. Yeah. Got along. We're nice to each other. But I wasn't being invited 
to any Andrew Luck events. You know what I mean? Like there was no, I wasn't getting invited to the house or whatever. And that's completely cool with me, right? I got along with a lot of the defense guys in the second regime. First regime, mostly whole team, how you doing? Second regime, sent out a tweet of a guy naked, probably not going to trust you a bit. So <laughs> I became friends with, by the way, massive mistake. I almost puked whenever I learned that it happened out there. If you just, you know, zoomed into the back air because Adam Vinatieri was who I was taking. But anyways, Andrew Luck, whenever he retired, I think a lot of the people that knew him rather well, like Hasselbeck had a great relationship with him. I think he didn't even know if Andrew would come back. I thought, no way he comes back. Andrew does this. He's going off into the distance. He has the world at his fingertips if he wants to build it. I think he's like one of the highest wanted architectural engineers in on earth which Jeez. by the way pays a lot of money oh, okay yeah. his dad obviously an incredible businessman in the sports world he's been paid a lot of money jim mercy told him to keep the 25 million dollars for his contract like just go do what you got to do and he's just he's started a family he's just kind of disappeared from any relevance and i think andrew luck is completely cool with that like completely cool with that but i also think andrew saying that he retired meant a lot to him like i don't think that was a suit a lot of people think he just came that no andrew luck that was a very deep thinking his dad played he knows the business like that was a deep so i always assume if you get to that decision especially with the way he is i think it's a forever thing and maybe it's because of how i viewed it like hey i come out and say i'm retired all right You're, that's a big stance and a lot of people attacked me for retiring by the way never gonna make it this is stupid i had people telling me to uh my friend should hold the jersey on me or whatever that whole thing but for me there has been a couple times where i've thought like oh that'd be cool uh, maybe go kick field goals in the nfl because i never got to do that right so okay maybe i go kick field goals that's an opportunity but then i start thinking about it and i'm like i don't know if i want to get back into this nfl life like i don't know if i want to do it so for me i've always been very focused on like okay i want people to not even remember that i played football with andrew luck i assume he has a much different attitude but we haven't heard a single thing from him no so it's not like he yearns for the moment again the spotlight again you know what i mean that's not the type of guy he is at all actually espn i think stopped reporting about us because andrew luck's press conferences and conversations weren't like any he was just like a normal chill dude so i always assumed that he would just disappear into the night or whatever but there's allegedly some text. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, it is freezing in this place. Yes, oh, yeah, very cold. Oh, yeah. Very I, mean, I got cold. like a cold right now. Yeah, yeah. very cold. Arctic chill. Yes. Mm -hmm. Arctic blast or Arctic chill? Uh, well, Both the Arctic blast is giving us an Arctic it's chill. It's coming from the north. Anyway, so it's cold, though. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I, chill. I was asked this morning. I was on a couple uh, serious shows talking about Super Bowl. They're like, uh, you're in a cutoff. Are you cold or whatever? And I was like, no, it's a state of mind. But I could see my breath. While I was, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a bit chilly at this point. But I threw 617 punches last night oh, in a knockout, and in the fourth round, Whoa. feeling pretty good about night, where night. we're at. Anyways, I'm in training, by the way. Um, Mike Austin at Kareem Jumpman, two favorite basketball players, if I guess. Uh, Mike Austin is from Indiana, I believe. I've looked at his Twitter profile. Okay. He tweeted at Ricard on Sports, which is a show, by the way, right? I assume. My wife has a mutual friend with Nicole's best friend, which is the wife of Andrew. I think this answers a lot of our questions, Mike says. This was Sunday or yesterday. I'm not sure. Then if you zoom in on those text messages, it is allegedly um, Nicole P., who is uh, Andrew Luck's wife's name, is Nicole. Uh, Mike Austin is tweeting these pictures because his wife has a mutual friend who just so happens to be Nicole's best friend. Mm -hmm. ah, Correct. Okay. Right? So Nicole is 
text allegedly is Lucy just spoke a full sentence almost. Ha ha ha. Okay, massive moment, right? Your baby just spoke a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. This is how tight Mike Austin's wife's mutual friend is with Nicole. Okay? Mm -hmm. Very tight. No way, says Mike Austin's wife's mutual friend of Nicole. Mm -hmm. Yep, it was the cutest thing ever. Andrew didn't know what to do. Smiley face. So Thursday, do you want to run to Saks with me and Laney? Andrew is having a meeting with Jim around noonish. Absolutely. Jim who? Okay, so Nicole's best friend got a text message from uh, Nicole just using the word Jim and just a free, like whatever, just Jim. And then her best friend didn't know which Jim she was referring to. Is that really a best friend that you would be telling that your baby just had a full sentence to? Yeah. Questions. I have questions. But allegedly, this is from Nicole. Um, absolutely. Jim who? And then Nicole answers, uh, Jimmy with the cold. Jim Irsay. Jimmy Colt. Jimmy with the cold. Jimmy Horseshoe. Jimmy's cousin. Jimmy Horseshoe. <laughs> Jimmy, the guy that gave us $25 million. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy with the Colts. Um, WTF? He misses football, huh? We told him he would. So this person told Andrew Luck that he would miss football mm. and doesn't know who Jim is when Andrew Luck's wife texts Jim. Yeah. Meeting him. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, misses is an understatement. If he does play again, this is the first stop. We all hate when he's gone for a day or two at a time, but he'll be so much happier. We all know he misses it more than anything. Okay, and I would like to say this. As a Colts fan, I'll tell you what. I hope Mike Austin's wife's mutual friend is Nicole Lux, or Nicole, I don't know her last name, is it has P there, her best friend. Um, by the way, congrats on the full sentence. Yeah. Lucy. Big news. Okay. Congrats on uh, him potentially getting back into football. All Indianapolis Colts fans. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome for us. Mm -hmm. uh, but a massive fuck you to Nicole's best friend who leaked these text messages, uh, Mike Austin, his wife, and everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is completely what slapping privacy in the face yep. mm -hmm. of any person you're trying to basically extort information out of now who you're supposed to be a best friend. So it doesn't look good if it is real for mm -hmm. the people that leaked it. Right? You're a terrible person. Mm -hmm. All right. Horrible. Horrible person. You're a bad person for doing this. Unless, by the way, unless Nicole called them and said, hey, you can do Leak this. It. Then we are misjudging you completely. But if that did not happen, you're a terrible person. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, if it did not happen, this is a very interesting time to be a Colts fan because the Internet took over and was like, we got a guy. Yeah. yeah. God, I saw a lot of tweets. We got our guy back because Andrew Luck is phenomenal as a football player. Mm -hmm. He is a guy. And we were in on the Matthew Stafford thing. That would be amazing. There will always be hope. But I'll tell you what. Whoever made this, if it's real, you're a terrible person. And if it's fake, I'm sure Andrew Luck hates you for putting his life into this situation because he's going to have to come out and talk about this. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's complete bullshit. But – Hey, guess what? Andrew Luck might be coming back. Jimmy with the Colts. He still wants him. <laughs> Here we go. Um, Does Jordan, Andrew even care? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. What are you going to say? Does Andrew Luck even care? Who knows? I've never I want to let you know. I've never talked to him. But I would, assume, <laughs> I, I would assume that people who do talk to him are probably telling him about what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you will hear something, hopefully. Or maybe not. Maybe Andrew will just be like, nah. I'm not, I'm not answering every single thing, which is what, by the way, Aaron Rodgers did. Mm -hmm. I'll just... Uh, what does he say? Kill him with indifference. Kill him with indifference, which is awesome, by the way. Tony Dungy will be joining us right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion, legendary coach. Not on yet. Not on yet. Almost. Mm. Almost.
So, Andrew Luck. Um, yeah, for Andy Luck, though, actually, <laughs> how long does it take him to, like, get back into full football shape? One like, month. Gronk took, what, one month, two months? But also, at the beginning Gronk of the season, was it was a little slower, and he wasn't really running sprints, yeah. True, but what did it take him? Two months? Eight weeks, probably? Is that how long it took I him? feel like Andrew's in shape at all times, right? We don't know. We have no idea. Probably lost a lot of weight. Because he showed up one, he showed up one time very oh, small. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then he showed up one time, and it was, like, messed up. <laughs> and whenever he played, by the way, he was a massive man. Oh, yeah. Andrew was massive he was freak athlete joining us now ladies and gentlemen super bowl champion legendary head coach now nbc sports analyst ladies and gentlemen tony dungy tone how's it going hey doing well how are you guys oh you got a jeep gonna pop the top off down there in tampa uh yeah i didn't want to have the top off and just make you guys totally jealous so i left the top <laughs> off it's a nice day for the top to be off down here. Yeah. Well, it's 20-something degrees back here in Indianapolis. Come on back. Come on back. We missed you. Come on back. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Coach, um, we were just talking about these alleged text messages that came out on the Internet last night about Andrew Luck potentially returning and meeting with Jimmy from the Colts is how Nicole allegedly said it, right? And there's, by the way, if those are real, terrible friend leaking those text messages. And if it's not real, which is probable, this is going to be something that I think could potentially happen for the foreseeable future while Andrew Luck remains uh, retired and the Colts are without a quarterback. What are your thoughts on that entire thing? And do you ever think there's a chance Andrew Andrew Luck comes back. You probably know him uh, better than I do, if I had to guess. I would be surprised if Andrew came back. I think this will be something that is talked about forever. Um, when I left, you know, I got for five or six or eight years. Uh, maybe Tony Dungy will come back for this one. Maybe Tony Dungy will come back for that job. I had no intentions of coming back, but people always want to discuss it. I think Andrew's the same way. When he left, um, you know, it wasn't the time, at least I didn't see it as, well, hey, I'm leaving for a year to get myself together and see where I am and, and possibly come back. Uh, he loves football. He loved football. He had a great career, had a great team there. And uh, he, he was stepped away from it. So I don't think he'll be back, but it'll, it will certainly invite a lot of speculation. It's especially in the world that we're in right now with the quarterback market, insane, coach. A, absolutely insane. Obviously, it's moving towards a world where the players' frustrations and grievances can be heard and acted upon much more so than in the past. And I believe that's just kind of our society as a whole. It's like, hey, let's go ahead and make this right and move forward. I feel like that is kind of how, uh, you know, most sports are becoming, and the NFL is kind of catching up to that. Whenever you think about Deshaun Watson, whenever you think about what happened with Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, how do you feel about it? as a guy who's been around the NFL as a player and a coach for a long, long time. Well, you're right. The league has never been more quarterback-driven. The rules, uh, free agency, everything leads to, hey, if you get a great quarterback, you've got a chance to, to be highly successful. Tom Brady uh, makes Tampa Bay from a, an also-ran 9-7, and 7-9 seven, seven and nine type team to a Super Bowl team. Uh, so everybody's looking for that instant credibility, what, what that guy can bring. Um, Quarterbacks have never been more in demand. So I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to see this more and more and more as the years go on. How do you feel about uh, Deshaun Watson down there? That's an interesting thing. And I know you are a man of faith, okay? And I know that very much so. You've done a lot of great work and everything. All pro dad, everything you've been a part of. I mean, very, very. The Jack Easterby situation in Houston. 
seems to be one from chaplain in New England to right hand man of owner in the building. And then you saw what happened with the Bill O'Brien situation in the middle of the season. Then you hear about these stories. Deshaun wants out. Then there's exposés in Sports Illustrated from anonymous sources, which are the worst kind of sources in the sports world. But they happen whenever you think about that Jack Easterby situation. How do you feel about it going forward? How do they save that team? I feel like that's going to be a very tough job. Very, very tough job uh, for Casario and uh, Dave Solly, I believe, uh, to turn that whole thing around. That's going to be Culley. tough. Yeah. Collie, Collie, sorry, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is. And I'll say this, Pat, uh, about Deshaun Watson. I, I met him in 2017. I did the um, Clemson Chapel. They played the national championship game uh, in Tampa against Alabama. And I, I did that chapel service, and I got to meet Deshaun. And from then on, this, this is three, four years now. I guess it was 2016 season. And no one at Clemson says a bad word about that young man. Special, great leader, good person. That's all you hear. He goes to Houston as their number one draft choice. The first thing he does is give his entire first game check to the cafeteria workers who were displaced by Hurricane Harvey. Huh. He's indoctrinated himself into the city. He does so many things down there with the youth and reading and uh, giving back. He grew up in a home that was donated by work done. So he knows what it means to give back to the community and be an athlete. Who spe- so he does all of this. And he is one of the most endeared people in Houston. And now for some reason says, hey, it's over. I don't want to play here. Uh, I would say something really dramatic happened and I wouldn't put it on Deshaun Watson and I wouldn't say he's one of those spoiled guys that just didn't get his way so he wants something different. Something happened. I think it's going to take a long time to overcome down there. Isn't it interesting, isn't it very interesting that if they trade away Deshaun Watson, which they can or can't, Obviously, that's their decision to be made. They had no interest in trading the player, they said. But that has been said a lot of times in the past, and players have been traded immediately afterwards. But let's say they trade him. I mean, it's almost going to have to be a full PR thing, too, for other players in the league for a potential free agency. Or how do you keep the locker room going? I mean, it is, aside from just money, okay, which is every team has, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle things you know, behind the scenes to make them a desirable location for a lot of players to come play if this Deshaun Watson thing doesn't get figured out. Hopefully it does. Let's talk about Super Bowl week, Coach. Um, You've obviously won a Super Bowl uh, as a coach, I believe. And um, did you win as a player, too? You did. One one as a player, one as a coach. Okay, any differences there? What was the big difference? How much were you more nervous as a player, more nervous as a coach? What What are the vibes going into a game? Well, the big difference was 28 years in between. <laughs> 13 was uh, it was a Super Bowl game, but it was just a game. I mean, it was very much like this year. We came down, we, we flew in, we played the game. Yes, the Cowboys had won two at that time. I was with the Steelers. We had won two. Hey, whoever wins is going to be the team of the decade. So there was some buildup, but it wasn't this constant uh, w- what we have now. And so it took me 28 years to get back. We go to Super Bowl 41 with the Colts, and it is off the charts. I mean, we're down there all week. There's broadcasts. Everything's going on. Media day, radio row, just all the hoopla that goes with it. Uh, It was unbelievable to me, the difference. So uh, navigating that, 
trying to get your guys to be able to enjoy the week, to enjoy the journey, to cherish the memories, but still keep your focus on the game and what it's going to take to win that game on Sunday. That was a challenge. Now, these teams, it's a little different. Because of this pandemic, I think this is more like Super Bowl Five, Super Bowl Ten, in that, hey, we're just playing the game, and a lot of the hoopla is gone. That's interesting. That is very interesting to think about it um, because they're flying in two days before in and out. Everything's happening via Zoom calls, which is the exact same way that all basically training camp was. So there's nothing really different except for a, a different backdrop for some guys to plug an item <laughs> during the entire thing. You're 100% right there. That opening kickoff in that uh, Super Bowl you're referring to with the Colts, Hester takes it a crib. You having a little bit of a heart attack there? <laughs> Very bad, bad decision, Pat, on my part. All week up in Indy, we're practicing, and we know he's their number one threat. They don't have a lot of offensive weaponry. They win with defense and special teams. So for the whole week, we're in Indy. We're not going to let him touch the ball. We practice squibbing to the corners, bouncing the ball, high kick, pop-up kickoff, punt it out of bounds, everything to not let him touch the ball. Uh, we have a chapel service. And the chaplain talks about David and Goliath. And he says, hey, the reason David beat Goliath, he wasn't afraid. Everybody else was afraid. David ran right at him, threw it right between the eyes, and it was over. And I started thinking, we're playing. We're acting like we're afraid of Devin Hester. So I told the team on Saturday night, I hope we lose the toss. We're going to kick off. We're going to kick it right down the middle. When we pound him, they'll know we mean business. It's going to be over. We kicked it to him 12 seconds later. He's in the other end. I'm looking at me saying, what idiot decided to kick the ball to Devin Hester? But fortunately, uh, the, the last 59 minutes, the team made up for it. Wait until they see the tone we set on the opening kickoff. Yeah, yeah that was it. That I bet you Vinatieri was in there. Ah! Uh, I don't know if that's such a good idea. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. What a moment there. Uh, Peyton Manning going into the Hall of Fame. 13-second conversation about him. Uh, You were his coach. We talked to Clyde Christensen the other day and tried to compare Tom and Peyton, what it's like to coach both of them. And everybody that's ever talked about coaching Peyton, it's like, you have to you have to challenge him. You have to have enough information for him. You have to make him better. You have to do all these things. What was it like being a head coach of a team that had Peyton Manning as a quarterback? That was exactly it, Pat. He was always looking for perfection, always looking to get better, always had ideas. Uh, that game, we're, we're practicing in Indy, and it's like two weeks before the game, and he said – Hey, I was looking at the 14-day forecast, and it might rain. I think we ought to practice with wet balls. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we, we practice with wet balls in Indianapolis to get ready for a possible rain, and don't you know it rained the whole game? Yeah. And he looked like a genius. But that was him just always, you know, besides watching 16 games of the Bears defense and all their playoff games and having Jim Sorge watch the year before in case they did something different and all these different game plans. I'm going to watch the 14-day forecast just to see what the weather might be down there. But that was Peyton, and I loved him for it. And he was great to coach. He he got everybody better, made everybody better, challenged everybody, and no doubt in my mind, definitely 13-second first ballot Hall of Famer. I, get, I thought it should have been – you know, a little bit shorter conversation. It's just, I mean, I don't know how long it takes to say Peyton Manning and then yes, but that seems – I don't. by the way, if Tom Brady – what if he's 14 seconds? Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Oh, 
Please. There'll be some upset people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are setting up for that conversation at some point now, inevitably. Uh, the thought of him walking into your office, though, and saying, you know, I was watching Weather Channel, Jim Cantor said there's a chance of precipitation coming. I mean, that is just, that is an insane thing. Have you ever been around anybody else that was like that? Did, was, it, was that a very new? Because the, the legend is when Bill Polian was interviewing Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning at the Combine, Peyton came in with a briefcase and interviewed Bill Polian, basically. It <laughs> yeah. was like, a, it was yeah. one of those things. Yeah. Is there anybody else ever that has been like that, or is it just a different level? Because I got to witness the end of it, and it made me a much better punter, even though I played nowhere near the same position. And I told Vinatieri this uh, when I was talking to him a couple weeks ago or whatever, now that he's working with his son, AJ, you know? His son, by the way, great punter and great kicker. He's going to be mm. in the league or whatever. But I was talking to him about how it wasn't until I realized how mad Adam got when he missed a kick in practice, right, on like a Wednesday that I realized how important like every single day, like, hey, every single day is a game day. And I think there's only a few guys that are really like that. I would assume Peyton, or Adam got that from obviously when he was in New England and when he joined, he probably saw how Peyton looked at that as well. Was there numerous people that you've met that have been like that or is Peyton just the person that is the most uh, detail-oriented? I, I was around a lot of driven people, but nobody like that. And you're, you're right. Every day was perfection for him. Uh, Mondays for us, Pat, usually the theory was that would be the day that the backup quarterback, the receivers who didn't play, the guys who didn't play, that's when they get their practice time. And so Monday's schedule was for Jim Sorge and the backup receivers. And Peyton would always come in and say, well, I've got these eight plays that we didn't run exactly perfectly. Let me start with those, and then you can get Jim in, in the practice schedule. And he was like that with everything. And Saturday, he'd come in with a yellow legal pad with about 20 notes on it. Hey, this play wasn't perfect on Wednesday. We need to run this one again today. This one was a little bit off. Reggie uh, ran this route at 13 yards instead of 12 on Friday, so we need to run this again. <laughs> He'd have 100 plays for Saturday. I said, you know, we, we do have a game tomorrow. <laughs> we the whole game today. But that's just how he was, and it made everybody better. It was awesome. You guys obviously won a Super Bowl together. He went on to win another one at Denver. Uh, what a legend, man. What do you got, Todd? Coach, there have been a lot of rumors about Aaron Rodgers with the Rams reaching out to potentially get him, and now they're saying there's there's chances that uh, he could go back to San Francisco, even though the GM said, you know, he's staying put. We're not trading him. Do you see there being any way that Rodgers could move this offseason? You know, it, it happens. Crazy things happen. Unbelievable things happen. I never thought I would see Joe Montana traded from the 49ers, but it, it happened. Um, so where Green Bay is, I think they're very close to a championship. I don't think I would break it up if I were them, but you never know in this business. And that's kind of what Aaron was talking about, by the way, with nothing being said, because mm -hmm. you literally never – and to your point about Montana, Peyton got cut, you know? Yeah. Like – I never did. You ever think Peyton Manning would be in another uniform? Ever? I, I got a text message from somebody that said, "Don't answer your phone if the if the building calls you." They just cut Peyton. I was like, "Well, <laughs> unbelievable that happened." I was like, "Connor, what do you yeah. think?" Coach, it seems like teams are starting to trade their first round picks to kind of build their future team in free agency. Do you see that as uh, the smarter move? And was that also common when you were in the NFL? There were two schools of thought, and some people said, hey, we're going to build veterans, draft choices, they're hit and miss, it takes a long time to develop. I was always of the, the draft choice mode. Uh, I grew up with that in Pittsburgh, and that's how we did it, and Bill Poland fortunately thought the same way. So 
we built our team slowly and we wanted to, to compete for a long time. But when you have Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning, Edron James, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark, um, you know, Bob Sanders, it, Joseph Adai, that's how we built the team. Now there'll be other people that say, hey, it, it's going to be hit and miss, so I'm not going to worry. We're going to be a good team. We're going to be drafting at the bottom of the round anyway. I'd rather use those picks and get players that I know can play in the NFL. It's just two different theories, but I, I think drafting and developing is the better way for the long run. I like a lot, I like the people that have enough self awareness to go. Uh, yeah, we stink at drafting. <laughs> we, it seems like we're looking around. You know, did you hear what Tony Dungy just listed off on who they hit on in the draft? We don't have any of those. All right, Bill Polian was having fifth and sixth round Hall of Famers as draft picks. We don't have that, so let's go ahead and let's ship all of our picks out of town and let's just go with people we know are good. It is two very different train of thoughts. We appreciate you so much. I hope you enjoy the hell out of Super Bowl weekend, Tony. Hey, thank you, Pat. It's great down here, and uh, we'll see what happens. Should be a great game. Always nice to be on with you. You're the best. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> legend, Coach Tony Dunn. Hey! 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 Most guys have tried a lot of different ways to, you know, try to last a little bit longer yeah. when making love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Think about your baseball team. That's a boring sport. That'll turn me off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Should. Maybe you start listing off cities and states. Maybe you start doing the alphabet backwards. Whatever you end up doing, you need to not do it anymore. Knock it off. Not if it's going to work. Uh-uh. Okay? Before the time you get to the, the shortstop, it's already happened. Good. All right? That's right. What you need is a real tag team partner whenever you're going in there. And our friends at Roman created just that with Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a swipe that comes in a discreet unmarked package uh, that shows up at your door. Then it's in a tiny little packet that you put in your pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Then right before it's time to make some love, right before it is time to go ahead and try to procreate, mm-hmm. maybe. Whenever it's time to go and put on a show, uh, you go ahead and go ahead and rub the swipe on. Uh, it'll it'll dry. It'll not transfer to your partner at all and then you just have time of your life yeah get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee jesus that's get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee no Mm -hmm. spaces uh and you can get your first month of swipes for just five dollars when you choose a monthly plan all right shout out to roman shout out to you shout out to get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee Ladies and gentlemen, the host of the Catching Fades podcast, a pro bowler, an all-pro, a Super Bowl champ. This past fall, he got a chance to call games. Loved listening to him dissect what's going on on the field. Ladies and gentlemen, Akib Talib. Yeah! Yeah! What's up, man? Fellas, what's going on with y'all? I don't know if you got a chance to hear the computer fucking crashed there just a second ago. I heard. Yeah. I heard. Yeah, it was problematic, Akeem, but we got through it. Uh, and by the way, incredible job calling games this year, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. I would assume that there was, uh, whenever the opportunity was presented, were you excited to get a chance to call games? What was your, your whole thought process there? And then after doing it, what is your mindset on it? Uh, I was I was shocked, actually, uh, you know, because, you know, we didn't wake up like, I'm gonna call games. I'm gonna call games when I'm done playing football. Like I ain't. It wasn't a dream of mine. You know what I'm saying? So I got the call to do the audition. I did the audition. Then I got the call to, to you know, sign a contract. So I signed the contract, and it was 
six months be, before I knew what if I was going to call a game or not. You know what I'm saying? I was I signed a three-game deal, so I still didn't really know, you know. But when I got the call that, okay, you finna call this game, shit got real a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I had to start studying and, you know, had to really get to it. And uh, I was nervous, man. It was like it was like planning your first game. But uh, coming out the booth, man, uh, when it was all said and done, I was driving to the airport and I was like, man, you know, I, I had a lot of fun. I, I might be able to do this shit, you know. So I enjoyed myself. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's uh, it was very refreshing. It was fun to to watch games that you were calling. Did you, by any chance, reach out to your old coach from your rookie year, John Gruden, try to get some pointers <laughs> on how to do it in the booth? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, he got his hands full over there, man. So, <laughs> you know, he holding it down in Vegas, man. So you know, I, I'm gonna let him take care of his business, and you know, if I need him in the future, I might call him in the off season. But you know, I kind of, I kind of got to doing my thing. It was in this in during season, so. I ain't want to bother Gru like that. How, how did you did you watch film and do the whole like? How was the what was the preparation process after the first one? Maybe before the first one, then after the first one. You know, gotta watch film now. Now, now, Pat, I don't know how much film you watch. You know what I'm saying I don't know. Keep, keep not a lot, dude. I will, the less is better. Okay, don't overthink this thing. Just go out there, kick fucking ball, dude. I don't know, but but you feel me. You know, you know, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta watch tape. I'm used to watching tape anyway. So yeah. but if I'm going to talk about the game and, and I'm going to be the voice of the game, you got to watch tape. So you got to know what the hell going on, man. You got to know who you're talking about, what you're talking about. And it's, it's a little bit harder really. Cause you know, when, when I'm watching tape to play, I only have to watch the offense. So now when I'm, when I'm watching tape to lead dog the game, I got to know everything. So I got to watch all four units, man. It was, it was, I almost lost it. I almost was like, fuck it. I'm cool. I don't know. <laughs> really, I, I, I was this close. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I, I've been here before. I had to really, you know, buckle down in my chair. I've been here before, man. I signed up for it. Let's do it. So definitely with some hard work. It was a lot, lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Well, we appreciate you putting in the effort, man. It was a welcomed, sure. it was a welcomed voice over a game. Um, I hope you, I hope you plan on doing it in the future. I'm excited to see how that whole thing pans out. Let's talk about the state of the NFL, though. It is awesome being an analyst right now or a pundit outside yeah. of the NFL. I don't know what it's like inside the NFL right now, but I do know talking about what's going on in the NFL is awesome right now. Deshaun Watson wants out of town. They say you're not going anywhere. Uh, Goff just signed a hundred some million dollars he's traded alongside like three other picks from matthew stafford sam darnold carson wentz J everything is popping off right now whatever the players want to do basically it seems like it's starting to happen how do you feel about that going forward i talked about tony dungy i talked to tony dungy in the first hour he talked about how he enjoys it you know like he, he doesn't mind it at all it's much different obviously right. than it was back in the day how do you feel about this and what do you think it'll affect going forward with the nfl man i think I think it's due, man. You know, all the all the other sports is, is basically the same way, man. Guys go where they want to go. You know what I'm saying? If you don't want to play somewhere, you may not land exactly where you want to go, but you have options. You know what I'm saying? If I don't want to play here, then I pretty much can get out of there. All the rest of the sports are like that, man. So I don't see why football should be any different, man. You know what I'm saying? So I, I actually love it. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's due. It's due, man. So guys get to write their own shit. A little bit now, so man, I think I think it it is set up for 
better football. Guys would be happier, man. We play good when we happy. You know what I'm saying? So it's set up for better football. Do you think it'll potentially have like super teams that inevitably like now, not that that's not happening already. I mean, the Kansas City right. Chiefs are one of the best rosters anybody on earth has ever seen before. And somehow exactly. they managed to pay everybody too. I don't know how any of that happened, but they did it. Tampa Bay is loaded. You're, you think we're going to start seeing a lot more of that, huh? Yeah, I think I think teams uh, uh be able to keep all their stars, man. So if you want to keep guys, you can keep guys. I mean, salary cap is really letting us do that. So if you want to keep guys, you can keep guys. And if you want to trade draft picks, if you want an OG vet team, you'll be able to put that together, man. You let the that the team people who like draft picks, y'all take the draft picks. The people who like OGs, y'all take the OGs, man. And uh I think it's good. I think I think there's already super teams out there. I think it'll be even more in the future. The Rams. I mean, you were a part of the Rams. That was like the the OG team, you know. Right, right. It's it's that was one of them vet, fully vet teams, and and I don't know. They kind of played it wrong. They should have. They should have brought in. We had the paper to bring in Jalen and keep me an MP for at least that season, right? That's how they should have played it. We would have won the chip. <laughs> we'd have we strapped up. We'd have played man every down. Let AD do his thing. We would have won the chip, bro. But you know. They tend to get off the gas a little bit early in that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just a player, family. I'm just a player. I don't, I don't do no upstairs work, but hey, you know what I'm saying you gotta, you gotta ride it out a little bit. You see the teams who ride it out a little bit, they end up in the chip. Hey, Keith, we we see all this movement right now with all these quarterbacks going all over. I know Jared Goff gets traded, and Stafford's coming to L.A. I guess. Obviously, these guys are all great players, but why is it so difficult, you think, to to like scout and find a college quarterback that's going to come in and be your franchise dude? Man, because we're talking about a class of, let's say, let's just say at least 15. We're talking about a class of 15 guys in the world. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to be that kind of quarterback, man. There's not a lot of them. And then they're not just coming left and right. You know what I'm saying? So why is that? Keep, what is it? Accuracy? Is it accuracy? Is it thinking? What is it? Nah, it's the time, Pat, to be a quarterback. You got to almost be like the most dedicated football player. You got to be like a coach and a player in one. You know what I'm saying? And you know, we, we don't, we, you can't do what lead do. You can't go home after work and do what lead do. You, know? <laughs> you can't you can't be like that. You know what I'm saying? You can't you, your brain can't handle that at quarterback. You got too much to worry about. You got too much shit. I got to know what he do, he do, he do. You got to know too many jobs. So it's asking a lot, man. You got to be smart, confident, man. It's a, that's a hard job to do. So man, that's why I applaud Tom and Patrick Mahomes, the guys who handle it like that. Man, it's hard to do. What, why is Tom Brady Tom Brady at this point? What, what is it? Because, I mean, you look through the history of professional sports and you're just talking about the guy probably going to be go down in the conversation piece 10 years, 15, 20 years from now is, is this guy the greatest professional athlete at his sport of all time because of just the anomaly-like numbers he's been able to put together whenever games matter, right? Playoff numbers, Super yeah. Bowl numbers. What is it about Tom Brady, you think, that makes him the GOAT? And, you, and, and when you say that, Pat, when you talk about games that matter, shit, the games during the regular season, that puts you at home. That makes teams have to come to New England during the postseason so all the motherfuckers matter, right? Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's what make him the GOAT is he, he operate like all the motherfuckers is the chip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's every day. 
from take his day off on Tuesday, then Wednesday, he the first one in there. Like, this ain't just no talk. You feel me? He really the first one in there, the last one to leave. He done mastered the game. So any, any way you try to beat him on defense, he's seen it before. He know how he want to attack it. He know how he want to run run against it. He know how he want to throw against it, right? So he just mastered the game, man. And like you said, he's probably going to go down as the best professional athlete because he's probably the most professional. Oh, hey, that was some deep shit. That is that is good. Hey, Real you, shit. Yeah, <laughs> legit. True. Did you see uh, Danny Amendola's comments about, you know, once Tom was the Patriot way kind of, and we might, we might be taking him out of context. Did. But did you, what do you think of that? I don't know. It's it's the Patriot way is the Patriot way, man. I, I feel like this what this this what I felt like the the Patriot way was. It don't matter who you is. We expect you to know your job. We expect you to not play around in this media, and we expect you to be on time. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're doing them three things, that's the Patriot way right there. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it don't matter who you is. You get disciplined the same. If if Revis, if you come late, you gone for the whole day. You know what I'm saying? If huh. if Tom Brady mess up in practice, Bill gonna let him know in front of in front of in front of everybody. He might get on Tom. He might get on Gronk in front of everybody. You know what I'm saying? He might get on them two quicker than he'll get on the no name guy. You know what I'm saying? Just to you know set that tempo. So I think it's just super accountability is AKA the Patriot way. You know what I'm saying? So it is. You you had to have Bill to win on to have a team to have a, a org a program an organization at the top for that long it it can't just be one person bro we playing a, a super team sport man so Tom gonna do his thing with the offense and, and and Bill gonna do his thing with the vibe of the whole building bro because that's what you lose you win the chip you lose the vibe of the building he get big headed he get big headed he want to go. And, and Bill just keep on replacing that shit and replacing that shit and replacing it. So that's what I felt like the Patriot way was, man. Everybody just knowing they role, you feel me? And, and no matter who you is, we here to do a job. This your job. This your job. This your job. And, and, and so I feel like, man, it, it kind of was hand in hand. I don't know if Tom have all them tips without Bill. I don't know if Bill will have them without Tom. I think we all feel the exact same way, and that that's the culture, you know? People always talk about culture, yeah, culture, culture. That shit real. It's hard to keep a culture, and once you lose it, it's hard to get it back. You think there's a chance exactly. that – you think there's a chance Bill in that culture comes back into relevance in the AFC, which is going to be tough. The AFC is going to be tough for a long time. How do you see that going? Now, Bill is the GOAT, man. You know Bill the GOAT, right? So – as we speak, he's mixing something up, man. It's going to be <laughs> all these quarterbacks moving around. One of them quarterbacks going to land in New England, and and the eight pro bowlers who opted out for New England going to be back. You know what I'm saying? Their whole fucking team opted out. You know what I'm saying? So them eight all-stars, they going to be back. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think the Patriots going to be cool. They just got to bust a jug. Bill need a quarterback, man. You got to have a quarterback. You can't do it with anybody. So. Every team have to get a quarterback. Every team needs a quarterback, by the way. And that goes back to the 15 that you were talking about in the world. Connor, what do you got? Akib, when you were in L.A., did McVay and Goff have a good relationship or was it kind of like just sprouting when you were there? I mean, I don't know. I don't think I I was there long enough to really, you feel me, know their relationship. Shit, I'm trying to build my own relationship. (laughs) It it looked cool to me. It didn't look like fucked up or nothing. You know what I'm saying? It didn't look bad. It didn't look like they was always bumping heads or nothing like that it looks straight 
you don't have time see, to be. We in... went to the tip. You think about it, we we went to the tip when I was there. So you know, shit, everything was straight. Hey, winning cures all in the NFL. Winning, and then exactly. once once those losses start coming, though, you start getting shipped out the door with three other picks. Hey, <laughs> everybody be pointing fingers like this. Once them losses come, everybody start pointing fingers, and that's how I go, man. That's what that's where the business come in. How do you feel about this weekend? What do you think is going to happen, man? I'm the biggest Tom Brady fan, man. I I, I, I never put the chips against the goat, right? But, but something telling me, yeah. put the chips on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's telling me to do that shit though, Pat. Because I don't know. I think, I think, I think that I think Tom is gonna pass the crown, man. Uh, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks, right? I've seen a lot of quarterbacks, man. Bunch of them, man. Running quarterbacks, pocket quarterbacks, and Mahomes is legit. You know what I'm saying? He he, a real legit quarterback. I think we watching him in the flesh. The next, you know. Hey, Rod, your guy, you know what I'm saying? We we watching him, the breeze, the, that next goat, goat. I think we watching him in the flesh. And this is going to be a big part of that movement right here, man. So I just don't see how you can stop the Chiefs. This, I don't see how nobody can stop them. This Super Bowl so, will be talked about for a long time. Whether, right. whatever happens, Tom wins, right? There's people saying, like, if Tom wins, this is... The one, obviously. If Pat wins, exactly. it's like the baton being passed in on the greatest stage that there is. I mean, there's so much storybook bullshit. And I can't wait yeah, to hear. Hey, I can't wait to hear you talk about everything on your uh, new podcast, Catching Fades. When will that debut? And uh, FanDuel is the greatest sports book. So you're with a good group, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited about it, man. Uh, Volume Podcast Network. Uh, Colin Coward reached out, man. Told me they wanted me to run it. So. Definitely excited about that. Uh, I think the first show aired yesterday. I got on with Legarrette Blunt. We talked a lot of Super Bowl stuff, stuff Love like that, that guy. man. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's cool. You know, Geez, that's my dog. So it was a good episode, Geez. man. It's out right now on that Volume Podcast Network, man. Catching Fades show. Geez, am I allowed to call him that? You think if I talk to him? Yeah, hey, 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 yeah. If you if you talk to him, you call him Geez. I promise you, he's gonna bust out laughing. All, <laughs> all right, I appreciate that, ladies, <laughs> ladies yeah. and gentlemen. All pro, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl champ, Fox commentator, and host of the Catch and Fades podcast, Akeem Talib. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Thank you, man. Joining us now from ESPN, Whoa. a man who knows everything mm-hmm. about a, a sport that used to be considered America's pastime. Mm. Coming on to talk to us about an incredibly inspiring and powerful story that he debuted yesterday on ESPN Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, Jet Passer. Yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, my Jet! That a boy. I was leaning to the side last time I was on, so I want to make sure that I'm in the middle. I'm in the right spot. Do I look Do I look centered? Am I all right? Mm-hmm. No, nah, you're a little bit off still, but whenever we go to the full cam, you see, go to the full cam. See, now. Yeah, now I'm all, What a disaster. <laughs> we were going to tell you last time, you looked terrible last time. Yeah, yeah, I, looked, total yeah fool. I looked like total horseshit. It was awful. <laughs> you sounded cool, though. Yeah. You know, okay. so it kind of. You know what I mean? I was like, balance, balance things out a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we didn't want to be like, hey, Jet, come on, move to the center of the thing. Mm-hmm. This is a professional operation. But then the things you were saying were so good. So we're like, all right, we'll just make that makes up for it. Jet, always great whenever you stop by because I get a chance to pick up the old bat and learn about what's going on in the baseball world. You debuted a story yesterday that was incredibly powerful. And I would assume that whenever you told us last week, hey, 
Uh, I have something coming next week you're going to want to talk about. That was what you were referring to. And by the way, you're 100% right. What an incredible story coming out of Major League Baseball right now. Be- before we get to that, and and I first off, I appreciate you having me on. You're you're a good friend. You're a good person. And I'm you know the reason that I brought it up last week is because the audience of your show is exactly who this story should be talking to. But I want to go through Agreed. the mechanics of what happened. When I said this last week, yeah. the baseball world somehow thought yeah. that either the New York Yankees were going to get, like, a cheating allegation against them, <laughs> that on. the Mets were going to turn into yeah. a, a giant sexual harassment disaster, yeah. that I well. was going to have some kind of, like, terrible story. I. Am I the Grim Reaper? So, is this something new that I don't know about? I don't think this is technically your fault, but anytime you tease something, and I watched it by the way, I didn't even know there was a baseball Twitter. There no. is. Mm-hmm. I told I told Jeff. I said I didn't even know this was happening. There was a lot of reaction to what Jeff. There was people clipping the show, not adding anybody, so I didn't even really know it existed. But then it was getting. I was getting added about it, and it was big baseball people talking about it, and it was all incredibly massive expose like stories that were being projected out there. And let me tell you why. When you tease something, they expect something big and terrible. And I, I was a little bit worried uh, that you were potentially going to fall into the trap that Jay Glazer fell into at the oh, beginning yeah. of this quarantine. Now, Jay Glazer has worked himself out of that because True. Jay Glazer is a jeez. Batfell, a longtime professional, whenever he teased, oh, I got a big story, big story tomorrow, big story. And it was a guy got COVID in the NFL, which was happy he survived, but nobody we knew was even in the NFL. That was, I thought, was potentially going to happen with you when you're like, hey, big story, you know, the overhypeness of it. But then when I heard about it, I was like, that's a, that is an incredible story. That is something I would love to talk about. And you're right. I think people watching and listening, no matter who you are, uh, especially after watching you know, a lot of things, uh, uh, documentaries about the state of the world. Yeah. I think this is a very good uh, story to be told. So I appreciate you coming on. Jeff, for those that maybe didn't get to see it, can you tell us a little bit more about Drew Robinson? Yeah, Drew Robinson was uh, with the Texas Rangers for uh, a couple of years, moved to the San Francisco Giants, sort of a guy who was always going to be fringy between a A and a big league player and ends up with uh, the Giants last year. What he'd been carrying through his whole career, really his whole life, uh, were feelings of worthlessness, of depression, of sadness, of I'm not good enough, of I have nobody to talk to. Uh, All of these things going untreated for as long as they did, Pat, uh, culminated in him being sent home along with all the other baseball players on March 12th when... Uh, the pandemic shut down the country and shut down sports. And for the next month, Drew was just sitting there alone in his thoughts, uh, alone in some of the same thoughts that people have who are listening to this show uh, or friends of people listening to the show or family of people listening to the show. And uh, Drew decided that uh, he was going to take his own life. And he held the gun to his head. He pulled the trigger. And... Then he opened up his eyes and realized he was still alive. Man. And for the and for the next twenty hours, Pat, as the story tells and as the documentary that's on ESPN Plus now shows, uh, Drew Robinson was deciding whether uh, he wanted to live, and he had a hole in his head. It was about this big, 
and he was bleeding and it was a graphic, scary, awful scene. But he made it to the point where at that 20th hour, he was sitting there on the couch where he had shot himself initially. And in one hand, he had a gun. Jeez. And in the other hand, he had his phone dialed to 911. And he had to ask himself the question, which do I choose? And he chose life. And this is the story of what has happened since Drew Robinson chose life. Man, I am pumped for Drew Robinson making that decision in the 20th hour. I mean, that is something that I wish upon no human, but it seems like it does happen too regularly than it should be. And I do believe this story is something where people can say like, you know, I'm not the only one. That that yep. seems to be a lot of the thoughts, and I don't know every thought about it, but know that there's a lot. You know what, lo- let me, if, if I may do this, I know this is your show, but one of the reasons I wanted to come on with you specifically is because Drew's whole purpose here is not just to get people talking to one another and to family members, but really to destigmatize the yeah. idea that mental health in sports is something that we shouldn't be talking about. And you, Pat, we're an athlete. You are an athlete. You yeah. go out there, whether it's in the wrestling ring, whether it's on the football field, you go out there all the time. And no matter how high you're feeling, no matter how good things are, there have to be moments where it doesn't feel right for you and, yeah. and where you do uh, talk with people who are, whether it's uh, you know inside the locker room, whether it's in a clubhouse, wherever it is. Uh, where people hold things inside and hide feelings. And I imagine you have seen that throughout your career as an athlete too. Well, funny you say that actually. And I've talked about this one time on air and I've always referenced uh, the 13-9 game, which is West Virginia Pitt. Uh, my junior year, we win, we go to the national championship. Uh, we know it the night before the game, we knew it was gonna happen. Pitt, big rival. First quarter, I missed two kicks. We had to lead at halftime, but we inevitably go on to lose that game. I got death threats, right? This was back in the day when people actually used to write those things, you know? Like, the the people were going out of their way to let me know. And there was, like, there were some dark, dark days there where I even thought, like, I've just made everybody mad. I let down all my friends. Uh, I let down all my family. Uh, My name is being talked about everywhere, and it's not being a good thing. I'm a failure. And I thought about potentially ending it, right? Like, I actually drove, like hours into i just went on a drive in jeep lightning hours into like the woods i thought about just disappearing like literally just never being seen again so i understand that it happens and i think now i didn't talk to anybody my teammates helped me through that whole thing obviously my mom i told my mom about it but aside from that nobody really even knew i had those thoughts and your teammates build you back up your community your network is supposed to lift you back up and for a lot of this whether it's your school your classroom your friends for a lot of this whole quarantine people have literally been isolated right yep and then when you're isolated, and I'm no fucking doctor, I think that is very evident. I, I mean, that is very evident. But I do believe you, the community aspect of humans is something that is needed for everybody. And for some people, it's a much larger hit and effect than others. And it's like, yo, this story with Drew Robinson is a good one because th- this, I mean, if you watch any documentaries, this is becoming something that's becoming pretty prevalent in our society. Yeah, I mean, the CDC took a survey of people from 18 to 24, came out in August and said 25% have had suicidal thoughts within the last couple of months. That's a really scary number. I want to go back a second, though. You say I'm not a doctor. You may not have a medical degree, Pat, 
But the fact is, to me, the most influential people in our world right now are the ones who do provide that community. And that's the beauty of this show, that you have a community of people who gravitate toward you and who listen to you and who love you and everyone else sitting in that room right now for who they are and who can all talk to one another. And that's the message that Drew's trying to send here. He had people around him the entire time. He had his mom, he had his dad, his brother, his sister, this woman, Diana, who he loved. He had his teammates, he had his friends, he had mentors, he had coaches. He just didn't think he could have these types of conversations with him because he was not willing to make himself vulnerable. But here you are talking about your darkest moment to an audience of thousands, millions of people who are hearing you say this right now. (laughs) If Drew Robinson can do it, if Pat McAfee can do it, you can do it too. That's awesome, Jet, and I appreciate the opportunity to add into the incredible, inspiring story that you got to tell of Drew Robinson, which everybody can see on ESPN+. Plus. Um, what's, the, what's next for him? It, you said he's coming back to baseball? So, in, in a, He lost an eye in this whole thing, right? So, yeah. incredible. what is his mindset? How's that whole thing going to work out? That seems like a tough sport to have one eye, but I would assume a guy who's been here and gotten out of it is somebody who's mentally tough enough to go on and get get after it, I'd assume, right? Yeah, let me, let me say this about mental toughness, though. We're not going to pretend like Drew Robinson is healed all of a sudden, just like Got it. Uh, with, with anything else. You know, as he says, just because I'm feeling good today doesn't mean that tomorrow is going to be a good day. Every single day is a fight for him, and he's allowed to have bad days. He's allowed to have days where uh, he just doesn't feel – uh, like things are going well. And and he what he's learned to do is really just embrace those days and understand that if something's going wrong, you can always take something else out of it. He's like, if I show up late to something, it used to be where I would kick myself for being late. Now I can tell myself I'm learning that I need to start a little bit earlier. And And everything with Drew right now is a learning process, including figuring out how to play baseball again without his right eye. Now he is a left-handed hitter. So you can imagine if he's like this, that's the lead eye right there That's that he's going to be using. And I mean, imagine cl- – Pat, do me a favor. Close your right eye, and I don't know if someone's got a ball in there, but throw it at him. Am I Try bunting or am I hitting bombs here? <laughs> well, we don't want to wreck the studio too much. We, we know what you can do with that. There we go. Hey, I can bunch. <laughs> I got that. Now, I did <laughs> see you – and by the way, we just found out I think I am a lefty. Wow. <laughs> we just found that out. Not 100% sure. But it, 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 is, it, is, it is different with, with one eye. Well, I saw you post a video, though. He's hitting bombs. Like, this is going to be, and I assume you're going to continue to keep in contact with him. And uh, shout out to Drew, by the way, for sharing his story. Like, that's really cool. I'm excited to see how this entire book goes, because this has a chance to be legendary. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also I think, incredibly Pat, inspiring. Pat, here's the thing. We're, we're, we're 24 or so hours out from the story and the movie debuting. In my mind, it already is legendary. Well, true. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of people who I've heard from and who say that they have been inspired by what Drew has done. And if it's one day, one day, imagine what he's going to get to do with the rest of his life. I'm just excited for him that this purpose that he saw all those months ago when we started talking is finally coming to fruition and he's finally getting a chance to do. You know, he he was laying in the hospital, Pat, 
the the night that he went there on April 17th. And his older brother, Chad, who was a baseball player and uh, someone he looked up to forever, called him. And Drew doesn't remember this, but Chad remembers it clearly. He was asking Drew questions. What happened? Why did you do this? Are you okay? And all Drew could say to him was, I'm meant to be alive. I'm meant to be alive. I'm meant to be alive. Oh, that's awesome. And you know what? Right now is why he's meant to be alive. Yeah. Hey, definitely legendary. Incredibly inspiring. If Drew comes back and starts hitting bombs on everybody, (laughs) I mean, that that, that would... Now, I understand that this has been amazing. This is an incredible story inspiring a lot of people. He comes back, hits bombs, or has any success at all. Any success at all. I mean, unbelievable. Can't wait to continue to follow his story. And we can't thank you enough uh, for presenting it. Ladies and gentlemen, from ESPN. Award-winning journalist, I assume. Mm -hmm. Have you won awards? I've seen you won... Yeah, a couple. Hey, which ones? Any ones that like you, like good ones? Nothing you, nothing you give a shit about. Okay. (laughs) Most of those, by the way, are where, except for this hashtag award I won over here. Yeah. (laughs) Jet pass. Thank you, Jeff. That was powerful, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome story. Absolutely powerful. It's good to talk about every, every so often. Yeah, Uh it's nice to be like, hey, you know. Not alone. Let's keep this thing going. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a real, this whole isolation thing, I think, has become, now, this is just me watching other people who seem to know what they're talking about, and I'm not 100% sure if they do or not. I didn't do enough deep dive research into each individual person I saw that said it, which is potentially problematic in the internet era, but it does feel like the people who know stuff about this stuff mm-hmm. say, like, hey, this isolation is going to have a long-term effect here that we are not completely uh accounting for it at this exact moment yeah for sure i mean kid, kids who can't go to school anymore that the only it goes into like the social dilemma and stuff like that the only interaction you're getting is is on the internet and it's a lot easier to get bullied and shit watch social dilemma wild very very interested to see how if i'm ever lucky enough to have kids with my wife how we handle that situation because mm. after watching that it's going to be pretty difficult to be like yeah yeah you can have a phone mm-hmm. you know what i mean there, it's just a setup for failure, it seems like. Oh, yeah. Like, even the most optimistic people could see how, if you're viewing it through the eyes of a 6th or 7th grader or a 7th or 8th grader, anything like that in, in those eras, how you would be absolutely devastated about some things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Whenever you didn't get invited somewhere back in the day and uh, you heard about it the next day, it was like a bummer, but you were probably in public and you had to keep it moving, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now you're getting a chance to see you not be invited to something. Mm-hmm. Somebody doesn't like your post. It's like they're not your friend anymore. They unfollow you. It's like it's like a public bullying and they, mm-hmm. they view it. And if you look at those young kids, it's going to be interesting now that they're isolated completely from each other and only seeing filtered versions of each other. And then they miss two years probably now of school at this point. Yeah. That's going to be very fucking interesting mm-hmm. to watch how that particular generation goes on. And I, I'll tell you what, they don't deserve it. I mean, they've just been kind of dropped into this yeah. whole thing. It's going to have to get regulated at some point. And that's kind of what the social dilemma is like pushing. all about. Okay. Pushing basically. Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, this has to get regulated. But it is wild, the world that we currently live in. And I hope everybody knows you're not alone. Hey. We're all a team here. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and keep it moving. Right. Unless you hate us, then go find somebody you like. New team. Yeah. Because if you hate us, we hate you too. Just go mm-hmm. find somebody that you like, though, and they <laughs> will like you as well, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's a wild. It's a wild. T- that was a very cool story. Mm-hmm. Awesome. The video that Jeff showed me, I mean, he is. 
Well, I was assuming it's in that documentary on ESPN Plus. Everybody here has ESPN Plus. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Do we? Do we? I actually do. I, yeah. I got it for the fight, right? Yeah. yeah. I did yeah. until mm-hmm. it didn't work for the fight. Then I unsubscribed and you know went back to the illegal streams. Whoa! Oh, you took a stand. Oh. I took a stand. You said, "Hey, no worky, Migani." You know what? Oh. I'm gonna go People ahead and change. I'm gonna change teams from ESPN Plus. I'm gonna join the Hackers team because they like me over That's there. Good team I choice. like them. You know, I hate you right now. You hate me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's mutual. Less thinky, more talent takeover. <laughs> yeah. Equals yeah. more talent takeover. Joining us, AJ Hawk. What up, hey, dude? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. How, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? It's great to see you, man. I want to let you know. Every time your face pops up on the screen, we feel a little, little jolt of energy with you. Oh, yeah. All right, thank you. I feel the same way about you guys. I want to let you know, we talked about something on this show to lead off the show. Uh, a text message that got hot on Reddit, then on the internet. Yeah. And we attacked it pretty mightily. Okay, mm-hmm. Because if it is a real, which none of us believe it is, but if it is a real, it's the worst best friend of all time if... The Lux did not know that that was happening. And if it's fake, like, yeah, we have to talk about this because it got relatively large on the internet. I have a lot of people saying, a lot of people, not a lot. I mean, avoid, eh, there's been a few people have said, not the a majority have not, but there has been a few people said, we shouldn't have even covered this. Got to cover this. Have to do it. Got to cover this, AJ. Have to for an internet show. What would we be if we didn't cover one of the things that was circulating the internet within the last 24 hours at a high rate of speed as an internet show if we didn't talk about this, AJ? Well, yeah, I think you have to cover it strictly because there's screenshots of these so-called texts. Like, if the guy just says this and doesn't put any kind of screenshots up, then, yeah, there's no reason to cover it. But it is really weird. I mean, yeah, the guy sounds like he's nine steps removed from the source and, like you said, worst friend of all time like to post the actual text you're going back and forth with and you're you're 15 steps removed from it but man it's pretty interesting isn't it wouldn't it sound <laughs> sounds pretty good if andrew wants to come back that old line is shored up he did keep him upright man and if he if he talks to jimmy with the colts right <laughs> and he does come back mm-hmm. which by the way maybe hey listen those texts real or fake there is a chance maybe Andrew comes back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Murphy's Gronk welcome. came back, mm-hmm. right? And now Gronk and, and Luck, two different situations. I don't think we fully understand either of them at this point for the retirement. Um, I mean, injury-based both, obviously, and life-based and everything like that. So maybe he'll come back someday. I don't think so. Whether he's six, But if he was, too, that Colts team mm. would be pretty good, AJ. Does, don't you think it has to make like if he has even let, let's say one percent of him is like man what would it be like to get back out there maybe i want to go and, and just give it another try then you look at that roster and you look at the team he looks at the offensive line he has then uh, i would imagine that would get you thinking more and more like you could start to picture yourself there back in the facility again once you see how good that team is he always had like perfect form yeah. <laughs> everything he did was like absolutely fundamentally perfectly sound and at an incredible rate mm-hmm. he was he was like the guy like for a long time people whenever they talk about it, this is the prototype of a quarterback if you could have it he's incredibly intelligent he can make every throw he can run he's humble he's smart he's nice like there's really this is the quarterback if you can have it and there was a lot of times where he was playing football or man, he was just picking himself up off the ground. And I guess because I had a front row seat to it, you know, and whenever you're a punter, obviously, you're watching the offense pretty intently. You know, like you're you're watching the offense, like, okay, am I going to have to go? Or 
there was a time there for a couple teams I was on where if they ran a particular play on first down, no, we're fucking punting. All right. <laughs> that play stinks. As soon as I even see the line, I'm like, all right, this ain't going to work. This has never worked. Why are we doing that? But, you know, whenever you watch Andrew and you're following along on the sideline because whether or not you got to go and the whole thing, there was times where I'd be jogging on the field where he was still on the ground or whatever, and I'd be almost out at my – spot already and he's just jogging by me because he's just getting picked up off the ground and like seeing the actual you know what i mean like seeing it and i think i saw it at a pretty close maybe closer than anybody i i feel like i might have been watching him closer than most now his coaches obviously Mm -hmm. see it but in the quarterback coach i'd assume only watches the quarterback but those shots that he was taking were massive. And then you listen to the mic'd up, and he's like, oh, nice tackle, yeah. man. He's just bouncing right up. It's like, he is this dude a superhuman? Is this guy a superhuman out there? And then we realized they did pay a toll physically and I think mentally as well. Wait, not only is he a, a physical and mental superhuman, but the guy has some kind of powers to find a way to stay under the radar and not be seen since he left. Like, I don't know about you, but I, don't know, I have no idea where he's living. I, I heard he has a family now. But that's it. Like, that's all we know about Andrew Luck. And there's not a whole lot of people that can go from one of the most, like, recognizable dudes in the NFL to just disappearing because he wants to himself. And by the way, being completely cool with nobody talking about him. Yeah. You know, like, not even just. So rare. Such a rare dude. That's why I want him to come back. I want to see him play again. Yeah. He was so good, man. He was so good. Some of those shots he would take, dude. We're just talking full, clean Boom, Barry. Then say thank you. After. Just, oh, nice hit, man. And then jog up to the line and like just do it again. And everybody's like, he's got to learn to slide or whatever. I feel, and this is not a conversation I had with him, but I have heard him have to address that before, both the press and everybody else about changing and curtailing the way. I think he felt when he was playing that that would be disrespecting the game, like the way he views playing the game. You know, like he, he I feel like he legitimately thought he was going to make the most out of every single play that there was. Hey, they're going to call it, I'm going to run it, and it's going to get executed as most as it can. And he took some massive shots because he played like that. Joey Burrow, right, there's another guy, mm-hmm. feels like he's taking a lot of massive shots, whether it's because he's extending plays or not. Just There's a lot of thought about that as well. Like, I wonder if Andrew, if he was to come back. Not, no, we're not saying that these text messages are anywhere near real or anything like that. But if he was to come back, I wonder if he's gotten to a point where he's like, okay, I understand where I can kind of pick and choose what I could do here. Aaron is so good at that, I think. Aaron is very good at the picking and choosing. But if you're a a player that's like, I'm going for it all the time, that's probably tough to turn off, I'd assume. Yeah, you would think. But, I mean, also, like, don't you think as you mature and you get older and it is tougher and tougher to take those hits, don't you think he would naturally just start to change a little bit the way he plays? I guess you would hope. I don't think he did though. It didn't no. seem like he was slowing down ever. Either. No, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying on the comeback, his comeback. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then wow. he's going to be like, you know what? I got to think about my kids. I got to, I want to be able to throw the ball with my kids someday. I, I just got to figure this thing out. So maybe I just won't lower my shoulder when I'm going out of bounds to take on a 295 pound outside back. Yeah, maybe I'll just, you know, I gained 12, only needed 10. Who cares about the 13th or 14th yard, really? Yeah. You know, like, let's just go ahead and get out of here. Hey, mm-hmm. job well done. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Mission accomplished. Way to go. Or, you know, we'll just, we'll just punt the ball. Yeah. No big deal. Just go ahead and throw that thing away. We'll just, we'll just punt it. Or we'll just live to see another down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's tough for some people. Like, for instance, you get me in that Oculus Arena, it's mm. hard for me not to just go sternum 
jaw every time. Yeah. You know, yeah. even when I know it's not right for me. By the way, had a massive knockout last night, AJ. Yeah. In the outclass division, Edward Price, the hardest fighter, hardest division, knockout in the fourth round. Had to change my style of play. I actually lost the first round. Damn. I, I, I hung back. I took some shots more, moved the head a little bit. Ooh. In total, though, I threw 617 punches in four rounds, Damn. AJ. Wow. I'm coming back. You been in there yet? Uh, no, not really. Not, oh, not since I got the Oculus. I want sure. my kids to actually get on the boxing thing. I told you, my son said he's seven and three. My daughter, I don't think her record is nearly as good. But did you, uh, were you, was that part of your strategy? Was it the old rope a dope? You're going to try to tire your, your simulated computer guy out? I just wanted to throw jabs at the guy's face the entire time. All right. So I just sat with the right, <laughs> protecting my jaw, and I just threw jabs at the guy's face the entire time. All right. And then, I got bored, obviously, 10, 15 seconds of doing that. And then I would decide to throw a big heavy one, and then he would automatically hit me back. I'm like, fuck, all right, got to go back to this. <laughs> then I would get tired, and I'm like, all right, I'm going for it. I go for a big one to the body, and then big one or whatever. And as soon as I would get to the body, big one's coming over. And my, I actually went to sleep two times. Damn. I'm like, oh, my God, can't do it. Got to be disciplined. So then I just started jabbing him for the entire round, basically, just doing this. And I ended up knocking him out in the fourth round. It was a, it was a nice shot right to the jaw. And I, I've completely conquered that game. I've knocked out every single fighter they've had in every single division. Makes me feel pretty good about it. And I would like to challenge through the fight to uh, fucking make it a little bit better, huh? Ooh. <laughs> what are we going to do now? Step it up. What are we going to do now, AJ? What are we going to do? I mean, all they can do is find a way to let us box each other. I have heard that an update is coming, man. Surrey did some research on this as soon as he got in the Oculus. Did a little deep dive after getting involved with Thrill of the Fight. Thrill of the Fight 2, in development, release date, TBD, multiplayer fighting. See? Let's call That's what we that. need. Creed has the multiplayer fighting, but they have terrible physics, I believe is what mm -hmm. it's called in the virtual reality world. They call it the physics, I think. Is that what physics is, by the way? What is physics? Physics is a science. Yeah. It is. Which one, though? Science of movement. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Physical. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. That's right. Object in motion. Yeah. Oh, there's a Y in it. So they talk about, yeah, there is a Y. Nice right there in the middle, by the way. Right there. The, uh, but the physics on the Creed one, not good. No. Knowledge of nature. Excuse that me? That really clears it up. Yeah. It's, just, uh, <laughs> it's very uh, vague. No. Periodic table. Big in physics. That's actually chemistry. Yeah. And chemistry. Yeah. And chemistry, huh? And chemistry. I never figured out we don't know what physics is. Uh, that's what I think so as well. But that's how they describe, by the way, the virtual reality, like realness. Oh, there's yeah. more actually. For instance, the physics on the ping pong game, really mm -hmm. good. It yes. feels as if you're actually doing it. They say physics, the people that rate shit, I think they say physics is good. If I was to say thrill of the fight, I'd say physics is good. Feels like you're actually punching. Graphics, if you're comparing to like Xbox, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a down fall in your eyes but pretty realistic when you're punching it. creed i got in there because i wanted to do multiplayer fighting that one was tough you couldn't really i mean it was really a little bit difficult but i assume they're gonna have an update coming but it's nice to know that throw the fight's gonna have multiplayer i wonder how they'll keep it real you know because i'm just going in there i'm not even thinking about you punching i'm throwing mm -hmm. is my am i gonna be able to toughen my guy up like you know what i mean am i allowed to you know beat 
beat my guy with kendo sticks yeah. to toughen him up oh. in there? Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to Mickey him or, or whatever well, it, for Rocky? It'll, it'll probably just be like a, a health bar and like a stamina bar, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I wonder if you'll be able to just go off. swing. My change barrage of punches. Hey, you better hope that happens. That's going to change my style because right now, if there is no actual downfall of swinging at every single second, that's my go-to. Yeah. And if they take that away from me, everybody might have a chance of beating my ass. Well, and Creed's got to dish like the treadmill and all that horseshit. Yeah, the it's walking like, look, is. We're here to fight, man. Just yeah. put us in the ring. Well, you got to tell a story. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can hey, they can have a health bar all you want, like to say, hey, your brain's not going to be able to handle all these shots. So they but. Stamina is up to you. You're the yeah. one throwing the punches, so you can throw 670 punches all you want. I'm going to sit there and absorb yeah, them and get point. you tired. Yeah, but how many body – isn't body supposed to hurt that? Yeah, I mean, I, I when I did it, I was going after the body. That's what I'm saying, though. So I would assume that is – like, uh, how yeah. do they account for that, you know? Well, they could, they could just say, like – the more body shots you take, you know, they would just add it to the total that would put you down. That would that would knock you. Oh, down. for the whole physical thing. So that would just be one big bar as opposed to two different bars. Mm-hmm. Bar I still think you should wear the suit and you can feel the hits. Oh, like a pregnancy belt. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. every time you get hit, it actually gives you a little buzz. Yeah, that's probably smart. That sweet. Probably wouldn't play either. I know I wouldn't. Well, I yeah, because that's why you're playing it, so you don't have to feel the mm-hmm. real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're in the game. Yeah. It's in the game. Yeah. Shout out to NCAA 2K coming back. Let's go. Mm-hmm. College football one. Let's go. Zito. Talk to me. Uh, when we were, you went past it, but Zito started to say, "There's oh, oh there's more to physics with a Y. Oh, you thought we got a full, clear definition of what physics is? From no, Zito? there actually was. That was just the Greek uh, meaning. Oh, what I was reading. I didn't get that far. I think it's but, the study of the physical world. Yeah, it's uh, the natural science and studied matter. It's motion. And behavior through space and time. So it is the physics. Yes. So in the game, it is the physics. You guys are all correct. I believe. So are you? No, no, not me. I spelled it wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Far a from it. There's a Y. Let's go to Mike in LA. What's going on, Mike? <laughs> What's going on, boys? Thank you for having me on. Hey, hey, no problem, man. Thanks for joining us. What do you want to talk about? Um. Well, first of all, happy belated. Uh, my man Nick out there. Happy belated, dude. Happy birthday, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I do believe we are at the point where we're past that, but I do uh, appreciate a good shout-out to Nick Barone. Happy birthday, Jay. He doesn't get enough of him. Happy birthday, Nick. Happy birthday, Jay. Um, I don't really have a question. I just want to point out that nice. the Colts are in possession of probably the best rookie safety in Julian Blackman. And you guys, being a Colts, you know, show essentially. Mm. You got to give my man some credit. Can we get Julian Blackman on the show? Okay, he was the one who made that massive play against the Packers in overtime mm-hmm. that you talked about, saying that you never, you didn't, you, you, I forget how you described it, but you said it basically was an incredible football play. He made a bunch of those. He was up for defensive rookie of the year this year, I do believe. Um, and with that being said, you know, if we if we got to move, I'm joking. I don't want to trade the guy. I would like him to be a state of the team. But he is very, very good. That guy was very, very good, as you point out. With those young guys, there's been some real studs that have come in the league and dominated. Yeah, to step in from day one, I mean, look at Antoine Winfield Jr. in Tampa Bay. That guy had a hell of a year. Is he back for the Super Bowl? Do he is know? healthy. Yeah. He's good to go. He will play in the Super Bowl, which is massive for that Tampa defense. He's a game changer. He was in Minnesota, too. Hey. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. When they were rowing that boat down there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that boat was moving, not sinking. True. Mm-hmm. He was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Huge. Before the snake oil ran out. Oh, it was. Gumpy. Come on. So negative. Is that the first thing Gumpy said this hour? 
Yeah. 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 Yep. Jesus, Tom. We're only 17 minutes in. True. Now 18. True. Very true. But I will say, you decide to come in in 17 minutes, first time, just burying a guy. Yeah. Don't hate it. He deserves PJ, it. Uh, did PJ Flight get any uh, head coaching interviews in the NFL? I know he was like up. He was rumored. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so, right? I haven't heard any. Tom Telesco told us they interviewed everybody, right? Didn't know kind of mm-hmm. what they said, yeah. but I don't think his name ever came up or whatever. He got a massive extension, I thought, with the Gophers. <sighs> yeah, he's just biding his time until he can get to the next place. So, yeah. What? That's what a snake oil salesman does. Wow. What? You go to your first spot. Okay, let's row the boat. Let's feed people this bullshit. And then when it starts to wear off, okay, boom, we're out of town. Bigger job. Bigger job. You do okay. it again. You do it again. You do it again. Boom, we're heading to Arkansas or Tennessee or something like that. You know, let's get to the SEC, and then we'll talk about the NFL. I don't know. Sometimes a snake salesman can make something really good, like Coca-Cola. Hey, now, I will say, just like what you just said there about Coca-Cola, and I, don't, I didn't hear necessarily exactly how you tied that together. <laughs> he was a snake salesman in Bridgeley. Okay, well, that's, see, that's a great ZD. He created something very good. Okay. Selling snakes. See, oh, very okay. much. So that was a snake oil salesman who <laughs> found his way into making something awesome. And then made a lot of money out of but it. But I will say, a lot of money it was a great product, too. It's still going. I think they have water now at this point, too. So they're doing pretty good. Yeah. But I will say, you, you have to give him credit. He wins, though. They do mm. get wins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They do get wins. They were in, what, top 10 or whatever. They're, what if they come back next year and they're dominant again? Will that change your mind about them? Uh, no. It won't. <laughs> The guy fucking drinks snake oil, you know, three times a day. <laughs> they hate Iowa, too, right? Well, for no reason. Thing? I was going to say, yeah, whole entire... I'm not paying Minnesota any mind. You know, they all hate Iowa, but. Hey, yeah. that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. You remember that whenever uh, we were out there for college game day? And every one of those game days, I'd go around and I'm like, hey, like, what's something that if I say something, you guys will say something back? <laughs> and they'll go like, eh, ah, eh, mm. and they all start doing it. I'm like, okay. And then I'll be like, yeah, but what's something, you know, like, what's something? And they go, uh, just ask who hates Iowa. Just ask that question. I'm like, all right, that's awesome. And I hadn't heard that yet. So I was like, I was pretty excited about that. And lo and behold, whenever I asked out there, I mean, that place answered. I mean, that was that was the loudest, we hate Iowa I have ever heard in my entire life, and I had no idea it was like that in Minnesota. They seem like such a nice group of people over there. Well, yeah, it's because we've had the Floyd Rosedale damn near the whole time the trophy's been available. What That's why that? I don't like it. It's the big, a, a big pig that Iowa oh. and Minnesota plays for. <laughs> huh. Fucking Floyd Rosedale. Hmm. Iowa know. always wins. Been in there with Kirk and the boys. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this year, uh, Iowa beat Minnesota at home, and Kirk called, like, three timeouts when they were up, like, 35 nothing with, like, three minutes left in the fourth Ooh. quarter. Kind of rubbed it in a little awesome. bit. That's awesome. Oh, think, you know, so there's, there's, there's a real – There's a little, oh, there's a little bit of history. There. Oh, so <laughs> let's all remember that whenever Ty's giving his entire <laughs> description of the situation. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Fair. Fair. That's fair. Hey, Ty. Ty, if you were, uh, like, let's say you were the GM of an NFL team, like, who was the coach that you, like, who was your ideal Can't coach wait. that you want there? Jim Harbaugh? Fucking Lombardi. Michael Lombardi? Vince Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> Michael can be the GM. Run the wing T. <laughs> His son, uh, Vince Lombardi's son, just got a gig as, is he a coordinator now in the league? The He's with the Lions for a while, wasn't he? He's been a, he's been a few places, but I saw he just got. A, I don't know if he's a position coach or coordinator or whatever. But he got a promotion. Vince Lombardi's son is a coach in the NFL right mm-hmm. now. Grandson <laughs> slinging it for Michigan State. All Cannot wait for that guy to get a head coaching gig and to hear us react to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I I cannot wait team. for that moment. Whenever that thing pops up, oh, the Chargers. He's the offensive coordinator for the Chargers now. 
Of course. Uh, Here we go. Of course. Super Bowl. Lombardi with Herbert hunting Lombardis. He was the Saints quarterback coach the last four years, five years. Oh, that's awesome. Let's go to James. He was the Saints quarterback coach, mm-hmm. yeah. which people were calling what? Harvard of quarterback coach. Yeah. Like uh, whenever James uh, Jameis Winston went there, he was like, yeah, this is the Harvard of quarterbacking down here. Well, yeah, it's actually the, the name of the fucking trophy. That's the direct, the direct descendant of the trophy of the entire sport. Bloodline. Hey, can't thank you enough for listening. A lot of other options out there, especially on this week. Hey, a lot of people talking. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talking. People be talking. Talking about people. That's kind of the biz. Mm-hmm. I feel like I did hit a note there, and I will listen back, and I'll have somebody who knows this type of thing tell me what note that is or key, and I will stay within that for the rest of my life, and I found my singing key, I think. Boom. Done. Can't believe I did that right there. And that's what Super Bowl week will do for you. Yeah. It'll really bring it all together. Mm -hmm. A lot of people talking about people, people talking about people, things happening. We cannot wait to do it again tomorrow. Big show tomorrow. Huge show tomorrow. Well, well, it's a big show tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is what Ty was referring to right there. Yes, we do not have the big show on, nor the big ticket. Oh, that'd be awesome. It would be awesome. Nor the big bambino. No, great bambino. <laughs> you get it. Nor big baby. Nor big baby. Nor big boy. Friend of the show. He let me sit in his chair down in Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. Wish I would have met Daddy Carlos. So close. We we're probably in the same little area as Daddy Carlos. Did not meet him. Mm-hmm. I am bummed. Anyways, it's a big show, though. Yeah. Uh, be a friend, tell a friend. Play some independent music, will you? Ty, I appreciate you for that. And uh, we'll be back, Mignon, on a big Thursday. See you then.